calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Would my 25-year-old self be impressed by any element of this nightmare? <laughs> Would they? <laughs> and then if they, I think they still, I mean, the fact that I can like fold my clothes and put them away, a huge step. I mean, she would be like, wow, the clothes are off the floor. Thank God. <laughs> we are living in luxury. New Year, same me, same podcast. How about you? Welcome back to Awkward Sex in the City. We've been here doing this five plus years now, and we're gonna keep doing it. I don't know what this intro outro is, to be honest, but here we are. Did I maybe have a little bit too much caffeine right before? Probably, but you know what? treat yourself. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm going to say straight up top, uh, trigger warning for this episode. Do we talk about sexual harassment? A thousand percent. Do we talk about grooming? A thousand percent. Do we talk about weird male teachers that we may or may not have experienced uh, in a harassing way? Absolutely. Do we talk about horse girls? Yes. Uh, that's not a problem at all. I just thought it'd be funny to say nothing against horse girls. I love how much you love horses. Um, they're cool. They actually honestly kind of scare me. The horses, not the girls. Um, I feel like that'll make sense after you listen to the episode, right? I don't know. But this week I had the ever hilarious Kimberly. I don't think she ever goes by Kimberly. Kim De Niro. Um, she does have Kimberly on her social, so I don't feel bad calling her Kimberly. Um, and you can follow her at Kimberly De Niro, just like the money, just like De Niro. Um, on Instagram, on TikTok, you absolutely should. She's a blast. She's hilarious. I love her. Uh, you're about to love her too. But yeah, we go all over the place in this episode. And those are kind of my favorites when they're like a little bit more unhinged. Uh, I think I need to just start drinking way more caffeine right before a podcast because I think it was a really fun, interesting podcast, even though we do deal with like some darker subjects. Because um, what is life if not sometimes dark. Um, but we do, we talk about, we talk about grooming, we talk about, um, some sexual harassment situations. Uh, but we also talk about, you know, our per usual, I find a way to always talk about kids and what life looks like after a kid. Cause I want everyone's opinions. Cause I don't know my opinion on it to be fair, but we talk about kids being horrifying, um, specifically teenage girls, uh, but also super cool, but also I'm super afraid of them. Uh, we talk about a little bit about comedy. We talk about, you know, aim chat rooms. We talk about things, dumb things we did in our youth that we hope if we have kids, they don't do, but maybe they do do because is, is that how we learn and grow? Who knows? But again, I can't wait for you to hear this episode. You're really going to like it. Please remember to follow Kim on her socials at Kimberly De Niro, And then remember to follow Awkward Sex in the City if you don't already. Um, again, feel free to email at awkwardsexinthecity at gmail.com. Anything that inspires you, anything that you remember from your youth that you want to talk about. I'm all ears. Let's go for it. Um, yeah, rate, like, download, subscribe, all those things. And I will see you on the other side. 
of this episode. So you got engaged. I did get engaged. You got engaged. How did it happen? Um, well, I always say, uh, eight years of very hostile threats is um, (laughs) the best way to make it happen. Uh, just really aggressive. Uh, no, well, I mean, kind of, I, I did a lot of the heavy lifting. I picked Mm -hmm. out the ring. Um, but, uh, my fiance was like born and raised in Vegas. So we had a little Vegas proposal. I love that. Very cute. Very on brand. No, that's adorable. I'm also a big fan of the person who's getting proposed to picking out their ring. I picked out my ring because it's like, I don't trust your taste. Like, I love my husband, but like, I wanted something very specific. And I was just like, here's, here's the link. Like, here's the Etsy link. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I did. It was like link and put your card. Like, here you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the oh, romance yeah. is gone. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I also like don't really wear jewelry that much. It's a lot of pressure to put on someone to be like, pick out the thing that I'm going to wear for every day, hopefully for the rest of my life and like love it also. <laughs> and it has I'm, to be unique. I'm yeah, right. It has to be unique. Um, I also don't wear that much jewelry. So like, I'm not even wearing my ring right now. I like forget it when we go going out all the fucking Same. time. And I think he sometimes does get a little like, because he got a tattoo he got a tattoo for his oh, like cool. ring yeah and i was like so we're permanent huh so we're like permanent um because i do think it's like a little bit of the kiss of death to get a tattoo for uh your wedding ring but he got like so we got married on the beach so he got like uh the symbol for water it's like a, it's just a triangle i guess oh cool so i was like okay so that way if we do get divorced you can be like it was something else, man. It was something. Just, just water. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Not, <laughs> Not that my I'm... ex-wife. <laughs> Not that I'm thinking we're going to get married, but I just like, I think the producer in me always has a plan B. I'm like, what is plan B? What is, what do we do just in case? Yeah, I agree. Like, I am very afraid of like joint bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Still, I mean, we've been together for like eight years now. And I'm just like, uh, I feel like there always needs to be some kind of like escape route. Not not that, like that. But I mean, marriage is a very scary thing, which I also mm-hmm. like didn't really consider, even though I did have a lot of time to think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would I just wanted to be engaged. I was like, being engaged sounds so fun. You know, you get the ring, you get the parties, and then you get to plan a wedding which mm-hmm. I haven't done or started mm-hmm. uh, but being married um, seems more severe and I didn't think about how you go from girlfriend to fiance beautiful word to wife which is an upsetting word <laughs> I know half the times I still call him my boyfriend on accident and like yeah it's hard not to yeah we've been married almost two years we've been together almost nine years um we also we only have a joint savings our checking is separate and okay, I have a separate yeah, savings smart. and I think has a separate savings as well. Like, I don't know if it's like good advice, but it's very like, we're like, all the money is our money, but like, this is coming from your job. So it's going into your checking account and then wherever it goes from there, like to savings or whatever. And then like, this is coming from my job that I work. So it's going into my checking, then going to like wherever my savings is like, I don't know. I'm also weird about that marriage stuff. Like I didn't change my name. Because there's so much fucking paperwork. Like, there is so much paperwork if you change your name. Yeah. Um, and I like my name. And, like, I don't know. You have a really good last name, too. Like, Denaro. Like, like, this is so my good. name. It yeah. feels like if I saw it, I'd be like, who is that? Like, who mm-hmm. is that person? Mm-hmm. I get when, why people do it. Like, if they hate their name or if they, like, have kids, it's probably easier. Um, That's but. kind of a, a question we've been having. Because I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep my name. But I guess we can do hyphenated. And now I'm like, I think my name comes first in the hyphenated. I think it sounds what, better. What is that? So it's either Wall Benoit, which would be my first name, and then his, or Benoit Wall. And I think Wall Benoit sounds better. Yeah, it's Wall first, for sure. I think so. Which That's a good hyphenated name, though. Yeah. Yeah. There was a point, too, that we're like, do we even hyphenate? Do they just... Does do they get his last name because I kept my last name? It's a weird conversation. We don't really talk about it too much, which we probably should because we are talking about having a kid. Um, and we will have to figure that out. But I will say, because you were like, I didn't think about the like, you know, jump from girlfriend to fiance to wife. There really isn't that much of a difference, especially because you guys have been together for a long time. Like, it's exactly the same. Um I can't think of anything that's changed 
since we got That's good. Everything's the same. It really is just like, as long as you like, like your partner and you've lived together for a long time, it's all the same. Cause you've most likely already had so many of these conversations that so many people don't until like they are engaged. Um, so you're fine. Like you're good. Don't worry. Thank God. (laughs) I'm just like, what's the next party? You know, you have Mm. the wedding and then it's like, if you don't have kids, you know, when's the next, when's the next thing? Mm -hmm. I'm just going to have to do a vow renewal every five years to force everyone (laughs) to still remember (laughs) that I need a party. Yeah. Well, you can make that party anything too. It doesn't even have to be a vow renewal. Just like have a party. That's true. I'll just, I'll just fake something every, every few years. (laughs) Do you guys want to do kid? You guys want to do kids? I I mean, I, I go back and forth like every day on it. And mm-hmm. I wish I keep saying I wish I had like one moment where I just I had the clarity and it just all made sense, which I've seen some people do like on either side. Like I have friends mm-hmm. that are like, I just knew I never wanted them and mm-hmm. it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other friends who are like, I've known my whole life that I wanted them. Or it's, mm-hmm. to me, it's always been like, it depends on who I'm with. And like, yeah. I do think that my fiance would be a great like partner to have kids with. He'd be a great parent, but it's just like, I can't let go of the feeling that the second I have a kid, that my life is over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's no. what I'm figuring out. I mean, cause I was like that for like a really long time too. Yeah. I've literally had so many female comedians that have just recently had a baby do my podcast. So I could be like, did, did your life, did your life end? And like, do you know, Casey Bolsham? <laughs> No, she is great. She just like uh, uh, she did five years of IVF and like really wanted this kid. Um, Yeah, it's a great story. She actually got pregnant. I met her in um, Edinburgh for uh, Fringe and she literally her solo show was about not being able to conceive. And she literally found out she was pregnant like the first day there. So she's like in Scotland, like miserable. Like there was a fucking like trash strike. So there's trash everywhere. Like I'm pretty sure it got me sick for a week straight, Um, like the trash strike. But um, anywho, but she was like, no, like they're going to fucking like uh, Europe doing like a Europe tour, I think in January with, they're just bringing their kid. And that's what I'm learning. You just bring the kid fucking everywhere. Like, yeah, that's it. it's a part of your life. You're not like, it's not your whole life. They're just like a part of your life. And I think once, cause I struggle with this a lot. I'm almost talking more to myself than I am to you. And once you kind of like grasp that it's not as scary anymore because yeah, you're a comedian. You've got this big life and this, you know, just living in New York city alone is like a big life in general. It's not like we're having kids living in the suburbs with like family close by or like we only do like our nine to fives and we're kind of home not to generalize because obviously the suburbs isn't always like that but there are so many things to do you know life is going to change a little bit or a lot of bit. which one is it going to be and then it is do I want that yeah the New York thing is also a hard part of it mm-hmm. because I didn't grow up in the city so there are, I go back and forth with like what I want my kids to have a similar sort of life is mine with like a yard or like neighborhood friends or something. And like, mm-hmm. I don't, and then I think, well, okay, maybe I could have a baby in my apartment now and they wouldn't realize that we're poor until they're like six. <laughs> I mean, they, they don't, they're little, you know, they don't they know don't until know. they go to a friend's house on Park Ave and they're like, my apartment does not look like this. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever nanny? Did you ever nanny in the city? No, that's the other thing. I'm like so bad with children in general. Like I, I, I think I, I really connect to like a solid eight year old. Like I get no, an eight year old. That's fair. Like, that's fair. To like sixteen. Like I had like a weird minor in like adolescent psychology by accident. I got very into like teenager um, psychology. <laughs> so I'm like I, I think I would crush with a teen, which no one ever says. They're like teens are horrible, but these are I, crucial ages, man. That's a good skill. I feel like, I don't know, just because I had such a weird, like, teen, a few teenage years that I think that maybe that would help. But who knows? I'd probably get it. You always get a kid that's not, that doesn't have the same problems that you had. So then it's like a surprise on how to deal with them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, babies, toddlers, I just, I don't know. I, at Christmas, my my little step cousin, I guess, that's the technical term <laughs> for the, fa- uh, the that family member, <laughs> is, like, seven months old. He was crawling into the freezer. Like I had the freezer open getting wine and he was like crawling into it. And I was like, what do I do? And my aunt was like, you just pick him up and move him. Like you just, (laughs) you just pick up the, you don't want the kid in the freezer. So you have to move him. And I was like, yes. 
that thank you <laughs> no like, that shouldn't be learned like I thought that was like a maternal instinct like kids don't belong in freezers and I was like ah! I was like trying to communicate I was like sir please don't go in there oh my god the freezer doesn't trying, want you trying to respect your boundaries how did the baby die Kim froze him yeah it was me. on accident uh getting wine just froze him on accident um that's i just think that's so fair though and i'm just loving people talking about it more like i've infants are scary as fuck infants literally look like a fucking little like lord voldemort when he comes out of like the cauldron like they are slimy and they're purple and i won't hold them like i won't i um my sister-in-law had two preemies and both times like my husband was like don't you want to hold them and i was like oh no thank you like no uh they scary i they could maybe possess me at some point like they have a look in their eyes um because they can't focus their eyes yet or whatever no i totally get it like i think everyone has a they have a an age range where they're good like i can do like three to eight i'm golden like an infant no teenagers you scare me because i worked at urban outfitters my first year in the city and those girls upper east side man they were terrifying. They would leave their tampons in, use tampons in the dressing room. Wow. Like, they didn't give a shit. So I'm so afraid of teenagers. Yeah, especially now. Like, sometimes my TikTok algorithm will, like, give me a teenager and I get so scared. I'm like, why? I don't need to. I feel creepy being like, this. I shouldn't watch this. Even though they'll just be, like, singing or something. But I'm like, if I had a kid... And then they were doing that. Like, well, how, what would my reaction be? Because also it's good for them. They have like big followings. They're like creating art. They're like expressing themselves. So you mm-hmm. don't want to like completely limit that. But at the same time, it's like they're, the creeps are there. The creeps are all there. Like there's a reason why a teenage girl like doing nothing but like lip syncing in her like pajamas will have like millions of views. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you, you don't want to be the, the parent also that's like, the world is scary and men are trying to kill you. But... <laughs> I know. And then I post something on TikTok and it gets like 200 views. And I'm like, oh, the creepy men don't want to fuck me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Where are the creeps? Give Where me the, the creeps? creeps. I need the I, views. I like to think that because we, our generation does have experience with the creeps online. Like, I feel like we, we crawled so they could run on TikTok yes. with like the aim chats and stuff. Like I totally, and I was doing this shit. My parents were like, we're going to put the computer in our bedroom. So no like you know, sneaky business. And I would just still do this with them, like Same. asleep in bed. And I totally was like in the group chats, um, not group chats, like the, the chat rooms. And I remember one dude uh, was like, yeah, like he was my boyfriend and he like, was like on the Orioles and I was like 13 and I knew at 13 like this is not true but I was like oh my god yay and I was like why am I doing this but I'm obsessed with this like I love this um so I feel like because I think as long as we give them like a general like stranger danger uh but sort of control the thing that does scare me is like locations like these these people are putting their locations everywhere and it's really easy to yeah that way or just like documenting every incident of your life like Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that like even in college that we weren't like documenting everything I mean I had a lot of fake identities on AIM in middle school Mm -hmm. I was a twin my name was Leah and I was like a (laughs) horse girl who like lived on an estate I had like 16 horses I made up like full identities and then I would have another like screen name for my twin sister so then she would come on and then she would talk to like my other straight and be like it's actually not Leah it's Ashley right now Ashley and and Leah yeah they were my my twin identities how did you spell Ashley I think it was like L-E-E okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's fair I wish I could remember my names I think I was I think I just went by my name. I was like, whatever, there's a lot of Natalie's. It's fine. I was Brave. not smart enough to think of that. No, I just don't think I was smart enough to think of that. To do like a backstory. I mean, <laughs> I, I I was like, this is my life. These are my novels. I will make up all of these characters. And then you sort of do know, like you have, I have to remember that like 
you know, kids are smart. Like they, they know what's going on. Like you said, you knew that he wasn't on the Orioles. Like I knew that a lot of these people were lying in the chat rooms, but I was like, I'll lie also. Well, and like, I don't know about you, but like, I am afraid of having like the dumb kid or like having like the very, like I'm very gullible. I've always been very gullible. Do I get a kid that's more gullible than me? Do I get the kid, the sociopath, you know, like, they usually have nice parents. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, great. You know, there's these are like, very extreme worries, but they I feel like you're also fair and legitimate. Like, what if they don't know, you know, and then it's like, oh, that, was it my fault? Or like, was that kind of on them? You know, it's so scary. It feels a lot like gambling. Mm-hmm. And or just like your worst qualities also being present in a kid must be hard like to see mm-hmm. your bad habits or like things that you've been working on your whole life that they just have and then you have to like kind of correct it or just just watch it mm-hmm. <laughs> I my biggest fear and I do feel like this says a lot about me that I don't normally like give to the world is that I am afraid if I have a kid they will be more talented than me and make it further than me And like, that's dark and also fucked up. Like, I'm like, I don't want them to do any arts. I don't want them anywhere around that. I mean, that's real. Yeah. um, Yeah. I watched um, the Albert Brooks documentary. And um, it's called Defending My Life. Because one of my favorite movies of all time is Defending Your Life um, with him. And he wrote it and Meryl Streep. It's so good. It's like about the afterlife and what happens when you die. It's amazing. Um, But he was saying that his mom was a singer and got really far as a singer, was on TV, had like a whole career before um, she had kids and that she would, it was very obvious her resentment of him, like Mm -hmm. as he started achieving a lot with comedy. Um, And I was, I think your reaction is supposed to be like, oh, that's like a bad mother. But I was like, oh, I totally get it. Like she, mm-hmm. she was saying that like her happiest moments were like singing at like holiday parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh no, what if I have a kid and they're just like living their best life, like with supportive, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, they, they did it. Like you should want that, of course, but mm-hmm. yeah, it does depend. And then also just like the sacrifice you make to raise the kid also delays, you know, might delay your career, like compromise your own career. So then there Mm -hmm. must be some of that, that like, oh, if I didn't have you, then I would have X, but Mm -hmm. that's a scary road. But it's kind of like what you said, like, it's a gamble, you know, it really could be like, yeah, it delays your career, but then it like goes to the right spot or it doesn't. And like, I think for me, and I think you might feel the same way as like, you have it, it comes out of you and you're like, well, this is it now. This is all, this is all I have. And then that is horrifying to me. Like, that's really scary. And I say this as someone who does want, I, we want one kid. We just want one. Oh. Because in New York City, yeah, New York City, you cannot afford two. That's when I've noticed, especially like comedians, that's when they start moving to Jersey, which I don't understand. Mm -hmm. There's very high property taxes in Jersey compared to like other states. I know. I, I was thinking about that today. I'm like, there's the Jersey and then there's like the upstate move, but Mm -hmm. I also just think I wouldn't go to the city anymore. Like I would tell myself, oh, I'll be there all the time. And then I just wouldn't. So same, same. And New York City kids are cool. They're, they're tougher. They're smarter. I mean, I think that they deal with, they grow up too fast, which is scary as a parent, but I would have loved to have been raised here. Yeah. We have, um, Erin has a cousin that has a friend from camp or something. She lives in Connecticut. This is like too much information. She lives not in the state, uh, but she has a friend that lives in a brownstone on Park Slope. And so sometimes like if she comes into the city, like we'll, you know, go out like with lunch with her or something. So we're like hanging out with her and she's like, I think 13 now. And she's one of those like um, middle schoolers that are horrifying because like she will rule the world. Like she will, she'll make it happen. Um, and she was like telling us about her day and she, or like the day before. And she was like, yeah, like, you know, we did this. We went to Soho, we got Starbies. Um, and then at night she took me up to the roof and we just like fell asleep on the roof, looking at the skyline of New York city. And I was like, that's so fucking cool. Like that is an experience that like any kid outside of New York city should have. And the fact that this girl could just be like, yeah, let's go up to the roof. Let's just go like sleep on the roof and like, look at the skyline. Oh. Like, Oh my God. That's Love so cute. That. I know, right? Like it's still I, so wholesome in a way. Yeah. 
We just, when the notebook came out and they um, were like lying in the middle of the street, the scene where they're like, let's get like not hit by a car. We did that like every sleepover. It'd be like time to do the notebook. And we would just lie (laughs) in the middle of the road and wait for a car to come and then run. And one time my mom woke up and was like, get out of the street. Where, where do you live? Like what state? Like what uh, city? I grew up in Massachusetts. Okay. Very small town. Um, like basically the woods like my backyard was like the woods so we would just play in the woods that was what we did yes yes okay had a big woods backyard situation too yeah and that's that is weird that like you know that's not available here where you just kind of get like you know you actually get poison ivy one day or like you found a turtle you know or you guys are having like these weird like i don't know we used to always have like dramas in the woods which feels like so weird to say uh with like our neighbors but I have to say all like the neighbor no not all the neighborhood kids all the I had like some co- going um falling outs with some of like the neighborhood neighbors that I was like you guys kind of suck but they were like super religious there were these two girls that were my next door neighbors um and they were like crazy religious and I don't know we just weren't a good vibe we weren't a good fit but one time I did one sleepover with them and it was weird because it was like we watched Star Wars. They were obsessed with Star Wars. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. We can do that. And then the mom was like, it's time to, you know, get ready for bed. And that meant shower time. And I was like, oh, OK. And all three of us got in the shower and we were I was at least 10, Where? nine or 10. And I was like, I remember being like, this doesn't feel normal um and then I think I told my mom afterwards and she was like oh you're never doing a sleepover there again like ever and I was like what the fuck and so then we just kind of started having like weird falling outs because I would just like fight with them all the time I think yeah it was a lot it was a lot yeah I mean I don't know I guess that's not like sleepovers are probably like a universal experience like I was like maybe that's just a suburban thing like having all these weird sleepovers but I'm sure that like city kids deal with like Mm -hmm. a similar amount of weirdness from other parenting styles like that is weird noticing as a kid like oh my parents don't do this Mm -hmm. like I remember the first time I got like yelled at by like someone else's mom and I was like oh and like my mom would never dare like punish someone else's kid but yeah yeah I probably deserved it I mean I was annoying <laughs> you you mentioned you had weird teen years like if you don't mind me asking like what happened yeah well I just had a whole I mean I was just so dramatic it was I mean I guess that's normal that's very normal for, for teenagers but it kind of kicked off because I had a weird incident with my eighth grade teacher who was a creep show mm. um and when my parents found out you know it sort of that sort of escalated into a few years of um, weird teenage experience it was all online he would like you know, message me stri- weird stuff on the intro, uh, like AIM and stuff. Oh my God. And you're like, I'm sorry, this is Ashley. <laughs> I'm like, um, I have an Leah. identical twin sister named Leah and 16 horses. So, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, shit. Okay. That feels, oh, that sucks. That feels like that's not your fault at all. That was that creepy ass teacher. Yeah. I, well, I actually, I wrote a song about it, um, that I perform sometimes at musical comedy shows. It's a parody, um, of music of the night from Phantom of the Opera. Oh my God. Amazing. And it's all about my eighth grade teacher because I looked him up recently <gasps> and, um, his wife is like an MLM person now. So that's the T they're like Disney adults, um, Ooh. which is like hilarious. Cause like, a you know, basically a pedophile. Uh, well, what's the word when you're attracted to teenagers? Um, there's another uh, word for it. There's another word for it. I fucking what's his face. That's like a whole joke about it. Because there's like different words for each like age group. Yeah. Um, that's going to drive me crazy. Um, and they John, always justify it. They're like, oh, if you were like developed, it's not really like creepy because that's like an evolutionary instinct to be attracted to, you know, the youngest version, the most fertile version. Oh, oh. was he your, you said English teacher? Um, he was a social studies teacher, social a studies. history teacher. Social yeah, he had a bad reputation, but I, I just use it. Sort of kickstarted a lot of my like weird, um, you know, teenage rebellion. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> super fair. Um, no, I was just thinking like I've heard some weird. I feel like it's always social studies and English are these two like main subjects where I've heard of like specifically male teachers being weird as fuck, like. I don't know. Like, I don't know where to go with that, except just like I have friends that have had experiences with their teachers and it usually was they were their English teacher and it was either or their social studies teacher. 
Like, I don't know. I yeah. want to be more surprised, but I'm I'm not just because of having so many friends having this, like, having dealt with that before. I mean, my town, I don't know what was going on in the water. It was a very small town. And there were like four teachers that <gasps> were confirmed. Um, two of them confirmed like fully dating students, um, like lived with them, like had full on relationships. Oh and that was God. high school. And then I think there was like one that was like rumors. And then mine was the middle school teacher who had a really bad reputation before anything happened with me anyway. So I don't know why like he wasn't fired, but I think it's because there wasn't like concrete evidence. Also, Mm -hmm. I was like, I love him. So I wasn't willing to like get him fired. My mom was like, okay. She thinks this is like her Romeo and Juliet moment. I was like, he's my boyfriend. He's my 28 year old boyfriend. She was oh like, oh my god. god, I wish she was normal. I wish she was just dating a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I feel like you're going to be a great mom because you've lived it. You've been there. Well, yeah, <laughs> if, if my future daughter gets sexually harassed by her teacher, I will kill it. <laughs> Any other incident, I will not. I nope. will not know how to deal with anything else. <laughs> oh god, just like thinking about one, the early 2000s was not good to girls to begin with. And then just like couple that like in school, like this shit, like we went through, like just thinking about it. Cause like, yeah, I had a teacher that like had a bad reputation for being creepy as fuck. And I'm pretty sure he still fucking teaches at that school. And- I bet he does. Mm-hmm. I bet he does. Yeah. They don't, I, I was actually like blamed for it. Um, <gasps> By the other teachers, one of the teachers pulled me aside. My homeroom teacher was like, you know, you shouldn't be hanging out in his classroom. You shouldn't be always like around him. Like, you know what's going on. And she called me a bitch. And then I like tried to file a complaint with the principal and then she denied it. And it was like a whole thing. Um, oh my God. But yeah, I was like, wow, women did like, didn't know how to protect women or like girls. Girls. Back then. Yeah. Like, that wasn't the culture. The culture was like, he's dangerous. So you should stay away from him and you should know better because men will be men. And that's how it is. Mm-mm. And so I was like, Oh, well, he's literally my boyfriend and love of my life. So you cannot keep us away. But thanks for the advice, bitch. Like, did you guys, bad. did you guys ever like do like hang out outside of school? Or was it only in class? Yeah, like, there were in- a few, there were a few like the summer between my eighth grade and um, freshman year of high school, where oh. we would like I would like bring friends or something and we would hang out with him. And that was like, I guess mostly innocent, but like still weird, still weird. Yeah. What did your friend say? I had you were like, went on this like group thing. Do you mind me asking all these questions? This is very like, I don't want to be like bringing up anything that you don't want to talk about. I mean, it's chill. I think and I, I'm like now I think a lot of people have had way worse experiences, you know, mm. and I'm lucky that like it never got to a point um, where it was like very physical or anything. It was just like he was like aggressively pursuing me like as his girlfriend when he was 28 and I was 14. Um, or at least that's like the tone. It was like mm-hmm. a very classic, like if you look up grooming, like that's what it would be because it started mm-hmm. as like a friendship and then it would mm-hmm. like start asking, you know, those questions. Um, I had friends but we were all 14. So my friends were like, you guys are cute together. And I had one friend that was like very um, hard on it and was like, you shouldn't be doing this. And then I was like, well, you don't support me. And then there was like a riff there, you know, which obviously now I look back on, I'm like, she was just looking out, but Mm -hmm. what can you do? Yeah. You know, when you're young and you, I just, it's so easy when you're like not exposed to I don't, I don't want to call it like normal dating or just like you're all of a sudden you're just like thrusted into this world in a way um, and you don't know what to do or what to expect or how to like navigate it. And then you realize no one else around you, your age kind of does either. And the people that are supposed to protect you um, or look out for you don't like that fucking teacher. Like it's a really weird like cocktail of just like delusion and not good stuff you know like from like everyone involved um and you're just like not prepared in a way yeah it really reminds me of season three of pen 15 when they do too much stuff with those older guys and they like immediately regret it because they didn't know like they were like this person's like saying this is what we do but you don't have someone else there that maybe is like experienced it yet or like 
experienced it in a way that was healthy. There's not a lot of healthy relationships right away in that type of like sense. And it's not taught uh, in like school. Like, like, I feel like it should be part of sex ed and and things like that. And I think maybe now it is more. Yeah, we didn't get that back then. I feel like I'm rambling, but I'm just kind of like, we need this. No, Um, it's true. Like the insecurity also was just so I was so insecure. um, Like every young girl was, I guess. But having someone to be like, oh, you're so smart, you're so pretty, you're so talented. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it probably didn't matter, like, who it was coming from. But mm-hmm. I was like, this is what love is. It's just constant validation. Mm-hmm. So that's why it works, I think, so well. Yeah. Um, you know, you just pick an insecure kid. Yeah. There I mean, any I, groomers out there, take notes. <laughs> this is, this is how you do it. No, I was such a late bloomer. I would have been, like, prime for that, like, type of... Um, uh, attention as well. But I also just don't think uh, they were attracted to me at that point because I was such a late bloomer. What can I say? Um, yeah, I didn't have the only like, no, I definitely had a couple weird things. But the weirdest one for me, I was after college, actually, I had just started um, touring awkward sex in the city. And I had a professor in college who um, uh, I'm just gonna say writing professor, but he was just like, oh, you have it. Like you could do this. You could make a career off of, you know, this type of writing. And I was like, oh my God, amazing. And like, he was really important to me. And then I had a stalker in college. Um, and he was in, uh, he was one of the professors that that guy was also in as well. And he was like, oh, that sucks. but did nothing about it. Um, I actually think he gave me like a D in the class because I just stopped going to the class. Cause I was like, I don't feel safe. Anywho, so after college, I'm in, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say the state, but I was like close to where I went to college at. And all of a sudden I get a Facebook message and he was like, oh, hey, I'm going to come to the show. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, absolutely. Because I've had teachers that I actually do have like a not weird relationship come to the show. Um, So he comes and by himself. And I think I gave him my number of like, yeah, like, here's my number. Uh, I would love to catch up, you know, maybe before or after the show sells out a lot of my friends are there we're hanging out he comes over and he was like i would really love to go upstairs to my room and talk about this with you oh god and like truly i had two like guy friends just kind of like grab me being like and they were straight too um just being like no like you do not go in that room like you don't and i was like yeah of course of course so he like kind of leaves and he was like yeah but you know after you're done hanging out with everyone you should come up to my room so now it's like 12 a.m or like 1 a.m he's saying like you should come up to my room and i was like oh yeah i don't know how to be like not polite in this situation and so then so we were staying in like the same hotel because the venue also had a hotel so he was at that like that place as well. And so was I, but he didn't know where. And I was also with like the girls that I toured with at that time. And I wake up to him calling me repeatedly. Just oh, being God. like, I want to see you. Like, I'd like to blah, 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 like to blah, blah, blah. And everyone, I was like, oh shit, guys, I have to respond. Like, it's rude for me not to respond. Like, I kept being like, I have to be polite. And one of the girls was like, I don't fucking care. Like, you're not picking up that phone. Like, you're blocking that number. And I just like never saw him again. And it was like watching kind of like Santa be like shot in front of you. Oh, yeah. Because he had told me like, oh, no, you could do this. Like you could make a living on this. Like I teach a lot of kids or adults, whatever, students. You're one of the few that I've seen that could do it. So then you're like, was any of that real? Was any of that true? And those experiences like inform future things. Like when I started Mm -hmm. bartending and I would tell people I did comedy or acting or something, Mm -hmm. you know, we would get, I mean, I worked at like a very like fancy kind of like place in Soho. So like the clientele would be like, there would be some celebrities or people who had a lot of like power and entertainment industry. And when they would offer me things or offer help, like my first instinct was like, oh, they just you know, they're just, just like, yeah. And like 90% of the time that was true, but I would (laughs) like to know, like if, if I had been a man and, and they were men and they were like, what would the situation be? Like one time one guy asked me to like, go to like the Mark Twain awards with him or something. And Mm -hmm. it, it was like an awkward situation where like, I didn't know if I would be in a hotel or not. Like he was like, Oh, we'll stay at this place. I'm like, will like who? Like I, but you know, if I was a man, I wouldn't have to even think about that. It would have just been like, yeah, okay, this will be good for my career. I'll go. Hmm. Yeah. And anytime I've had multiple men and I think most of them meant well, um, have said like, you have it, like you have that thing. 
that could push you like you have whatever it is and every time I've heard it from a man I've been like I don't trust you like I I feel like there's an ulterior motive like just what like exactly what you're saying like you can't trust it because of those past experiences and does that it not does that it does impede on our progress to move forward because we have to first protect ourselves before like our careers you know yeah it's a bummer. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, this got dark uh, real quick. Real, real quick. Um, I think yeah. some people also think that, like, they they want to play, like, the savior role or, like, the person that, like, mm-hmm. discovered someone. Like, I, I sort mm-hmm. of felt that sometimes when I first started, like, working at, at the bar where people would want to be like, oh, this, like, pathetic waitress, like... <laughs> so much who must have so much talent like if I just put her on a stage who knows what would happen like (laughs) I was just like an old-timey like tragic (laughs) starlet uh and there was this one time where like the creators of South Park were at a table um, and they were like she's a comedian tell us a joke and it's like Ah. look maybe there is some version of the story where I tell an amazing joke and then I, I get hired as a writer for South Park but the likely scenario is that I'm their waitress and I should just be taking their order that night, you know, and they're not going to be like, Oh my God, the waitress was so hilarious that we had to pluck her from obscurity and, and give her a job. Like that's just not, I I don't know. So then I would get sort of cynical about it and be like, Mm -hmm. this is not how it is. Like they're either trying to hook up or they're trying to, not the South Park people. Mm. You know? <laughs> I don't think they were. I can't say they were interested. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but there is sort of a like, well, I found you. You know, I'm going to I'm going to lift you up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a pivot. Uh, but if you ever want to be humbled, uh, the worst experience ever is when a kid finds out I'm a comedian and they're like, tell me a joke. Oh, and none of my shit can I can ever tell them and I've always just been like oh I'm really sorry but like I just it's kind of for adult stuff and they're like I'm pretty mature for my age and it's like no we're not going through this and they will never forget that you tell jokes so they just ask you over and over and over again and then start bringing it up in front of other adults and then they're like the adults are like oh you're a comedian like I can hear your stuff and you're just like oh it's not how this works like it's just not how we do it (laughs) like come to a show sure where there's context of what about to fucking say it's i don't know it drives me fucking crazy like if i i so i was never a waitress but i would have lost my mind if they were like tell me a joke because i'm like here are your vodka sodas like get the fuck out of my face it is hell um they have a lot of advice on the jokes also Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i have no like that is something i'm trying to work on i have like no clean material like kids definitely would not find me interesting Mm -hmm. i had some teenagers they were like 15 at a show a couple weeks ago and the way that they were just staring at me as if i was from another dimension Mm -hmm. and they i mean it was wow the dead behind the eyes glaze and i was like these teenagers and there was a whole other audience that was like you know listening and just a normal audience but i was so fixated on making these teenagers laugh and i was like what is that and we're like we have to get the validation from the youngest generation i mean that's like an advertising (laughs) thing it's like the the like 16 to 24 group is like the target demo. But mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I just don't think um, my audience will be children. But <laughs> <thank> God, <laughs> I would love to have a kid that's like not funny, you know, a kid that's not funny and not artistic <laughs> and just like really positive. Like, I feel like the more positive they are, like the less interested in art they are, like as a consumer, yes. sure. But I just want a kid that doesn't have the darkness. Like, I don't want a kid that's depressed. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, no, you don't have to, like, you can be funny and not be depressed. And I'm, no. I, I, haven't, I haven't personally seen it, but I'm sure there's people out there that are mentally stable and also funny. I mean, Seinfeld is always bragging about how mentally stable he is. And it's like, sure, yeah, we would all be like that if we walked into a comedy club in mm-hmm. 1862 or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and everyone was like, and then you just skyrocketed to success, like, mm-hmm. sure. But, you know, now I think the darkness is is necessary. <laughs> there, I have never met, and I think the darkness is the right way to put it. I've never met a comedian that didn't have some type of darkness to them. Like, we all have our shit, 
you know, we all like, is it something traumatic that happened in our lives? Probably. Uh, but there's something there. Or it's like, were we born with it? Maybe. I don't know. But it's like, because comedy itself is just so fucking hard to begin with that it's like, you got to really want to make other people laugh because there was a point in your life you didn't want to laugh or you like didn't know how to laugh. Like, I don't know. Like, that's kind of how yeah. I think about it. And I saying it out loud, I'm like, shit, that's dark. Like, that's intense. But I don't know. Like, the high, the high of like killing is still like the best experience I've ever had in my life. Like, oh, a I'm, fun show mm-hmm. full of people who like just really get what you're saying and relate to it is, mm-hmm. is amazing. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know where I think everyone probably has a different like path to that discovering like the joy of making a room of people laugh whether it's like at a party or with friends or in a comedy like formal setting but it um yeah it is great and it can come from darkness (laughs) and it probably did whoops um I didn't realize Jerry Seinfeld said he was always happy like dude did you see season one of Seinfeld because it was shit (laughs) I wouldn't have been happy then so that's not a direct quote. I think that I've just seen a lot of um, comedians in cars and I sort of like soured on him because he's so rude to waitresses and it annoyed mm-hmm. me so much. <laughs> I can't watch that show because he's like always roasting this poor like 19 year old server. And I'm like, why is this like a, set- a part of the bit? Like, just talk to your anyway. No. Cancel me, Seinfeld. I've never seen the show. Um, I never liked the idea of it because I never liked a comedian that's so like rich. They just have like a buttload of cars. Like Jay Leno has like a car show too until he like got in a bad accident or something. And I'm just like, no, no, like this lifestyle, like this type of comedian like does not exist anymore. Like you are a dinosaur. And I don't know how anything that's going on in these shows would ever be something I could relate to or want to learn from it's definitely unrelatable I like usually what like his guest always has to say but Seinfeld has a mentality that is like you don't need the darkness you don't need the depression to succeed or be funny you just need to like write jokes consistently and I think you know that is valid like I can Mm -hmm. respect that opinion Mm -hmm. um but he also says a lot that you are like naturally funny and um or that you just have to like work on comedy to be good at it. And then once you're good at it, you will succeed. Success is inevitable. He has that mindset that funny people rise above. Like he had Kristen mm-hmm. Wiig on it and Kristen Wiig like hadn't been on, like got on SNL when she was like 30 or 31. And he was like, wow, that late. And I was like, Would you, how do I end my life? Like where, <laughs> where like, wow, that late. <laughs> oh God, I know 35. There are days when I'm 35 that I'm just like, Okay, you're still doing this uh, kind of the same uh, traction as when you were 25. Uh, And here we are. Here we are. Yeah, I think like making lists of um, like if I look at like what I did last year, I feel like I've accomplished nothing. Like if you look Mm -hmm. year to year, it feels like everything is stagnant and everything's a nightmare. But if you look from like, yeah, like 25 to now or, you know, a five-year chunk, then you can see the progress a lot better. I think mm-hmm. that's what I have to do. I have to be like, would my 25-year-old self be impressed by any element of this nightmare? <laughs> would they? <laughs> and then if they, I think they still, I mean, the fact that I can like fold my clothes and put them away, a huge step. I mean, she would be like, wow, the clothes are off the floor. Thank God. We are living in luxury. I mean, that's a good point. I do think about myself my first year in the city and I was such an entitled little bitch. Um, Like I did not realize how entitled I was until I was making dumb mistakes, like losing my wallets left and right. Um, I like I had a bank uh, that doesn't exist in New York. And I never like, I don't know what happened, but it was like, all of a sudden the money was gone in that, in that bank. And I was like, what did I do? And my mom was like, well, you're 22 now. You need to figure it the fuck out. I was like transferred somewhere. I don't know. The lady on the bank, I just remember her being so nice to me. Cause I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm 22. And she was like, I have you. She gets it. Um, but like that first year just like knocked that shit out of me because also I don't think I was used to being around so many people too so it was like okay I have to be aware of other people like it's not just me because New York will be like get the fuck out of my face you're a dumb little shit go move back to fucking Virginia and you're like do I move back to Virginia or do I like learn how to live and then you like learn how to live but that has nothing to do with comedy but I do like when I look back uh when I first started I I'm a much more um competent person 
in a lot of ways. I lost so many wallets. I was losing a wallet like every month. It was a wallet or a phone or my keys. Mm. I put my keys in the trash chute of my building my first year here. And then I was like, where do they go? And they were just like in a pile of garbage on the first floor. And our super was like, are these yours? These disgusting trash keys. And I was like, thank you. I like lost, I got all everything stolen at one point and my phone was dead and I couldn't figure out like how to get a charger at like 4am. And I was like, I was basically like panhandling on the sidewalk (laughs) at four o'clock in the morning to try and get someone to give me a subway swipe. And everyone was like, oh my God, this girl is clearly having like some kind of episode. So they were just all ignoring me. I was like, please, can I have a swipe? And I was like crying. And when I think about that, I'm like, wow, the growth. Um, (laughs) At least I'm not crying on the subway at 4 a.m. I went into McDonald's. I was like, can I borrow money and I'll come back tomorrow? And And the girl was like, if we gave everyone in here who asked us for money, we would be broke. And I was like, yeah, McDonald's would be broke. I bet they would be. <laughs> I wasn't asking you specifically. I'll pay McDonald's back. Like, I will come back. The first time I lost my wallet, it had, like, everything in it. It had my social security card. It had, like, I think my birth certificate for some reason. What? Like, and the, I you don't just had that on you? I think I, like, I was like, Mom, I'm an adult now. Like, I should have that living in New York City because New York City is now my home. Um, and Mom was like, this is a terrible mistake. And, <laughs> like, I had just moved. And I think I left it in a taxi cab. And I'm pretty sure, because I, like, didn't trust to anyone pretty sure he was like honking at me to be like you left your like wallet here and I was just like running to get into my my like um my apartment because I was like stranger danger like why is he trying to get me to a second location he was Um, helping he was just trying to help for sure but it was like an actual like yellow cab so there was like no way I guess for him to contact well he could have figured a way to contact me probably but I was being a dick and so like it's New York right so you need five points of identification you need your social security card you need your birth certificate you need like if you don't have a New York ID to begin with and I didn't I still had my Virginia ID you need like pay stub you need bill confirming like your address you need all these things I didn't have and I went there not realizing I needed that and the DMV was like get the fuck out of our face and I like cried on the way home and so then I was like and I was like oh but if I have like an ID it's a little bit easier and they were like sort of so I literally just went down to Virginia because Virginia doesn't have any type of like situation like that and walked in and was like hi my name is Natalie Wall I need like a new ID and they just like gave me a new idea without like any like I think I had a bill ready because I like still had like some mail to confirm that like at one point I did live in Virginia and I did that like two more times because I never got my shit together and got my New York ID I finally do I don't think I have the correct address on it right now I think I have to go that's again, okay. but that's fine. Well, we, all, like, we all have to get the real ID soon anyway, which seems mm-hmm. like hell. Seems like so annoying. There's like four more documents. Oh no. I don't know how. Somehow I got it, but I don't oh, know what did? I did. Yeah. I oh. feel like it wasn't too hard. It just costs more. It's like, you have to pay like $30 extra to like switch to the real, but then you always just have the real ID after that. Oh, I thought that you need like a bunch of mail when I looked. That's good to know. Do, DMZ. You, have a, do you have a star on your... I think it's a start. I don't have my idea near me. No, I just have a normal license. I don't have the real one yet. Okay, okay. Yeah, but also also just having a passport too, like just show that instead as well. Yeah, I got to renew my passport. It's been like two years and I just refused to do it. (laughs) (laughs) It was on my 2023 list. I just... (laughs) deleted it and changed it to 2024 and I was like renew passport oh that's my favorite thing in the world is when you just take the shit you didn't do and you put it on the new year yeah list. that's how you do it I love it I feel like this was such a like what's the word I want this episode was like this is how you live like these are good ideas ideals like how to's like this is how you live your life (laughs) Are we giving advice to the youth? I feel like we kind of did. No, No, I don't want anyone in the youth to find this on TikTok. I'm so afraid (laughs) of them. I'm so afraid though. I am seeing a lot of like these like adults talk about 10 year olds and Sephora's experiences about why they're like these like 10 year old girls being cunts in Sephora. And they're like, (laughs) guys, you know, we can be mean back to them. And I'm just like, sometimes I'm like millennials, we failed so hard. Like we just wanted everyone to be happy and be nice to each other. And like, we just really shot ourselves in the foot while also dealing with everything else just being put on us. So it's time to be mean again, like, or ever, like, it's just time. 
Although I do look at like the little Gen Zer and I'm more like the early 20s ones, like especially Mm -hmm. the people on TikTok who have like, there's a lot of like music girls that I follow and they just seem so together. And I'm like, I was Mm. such a mess. So I'm like, is Mm -hmm. it millennials fault? Like it took me forever to sort of get an identity of any kind, I feel like. And they like have it and they seem, they seem a lot gentler to each other as far as like what is publicly there but who knows I was going through my Facebook and I was like this is a hellscape like no one ever needed to see what I was writing in 2010 at all no every day I just go look at where it shows you your past memories I just delete like over and over of like why did I ever say that geometry is so hard and I hate it I hate (laughs) geometry I think I'd be like Natalie is pooping or Natalie pooped again. I'd be like, oh, wow, great comedy, Natalie. Just really, really just so highbrow. Like, this is the height <laughs> of comedy. Oh, God, it's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. Um, yeah, no, I still struggle with my identity, like, on a daily basis. If I'm around four or more comedians that I find very funny, I crumble. Like, yeah. I'm just like, hi, my name is Natalie. You're so funny. Like, I don't know how to talk to them. Like, I like I'm like, who am I? I wonder a lot about like what like my like shtick is like, mm-hmm. do I have a brand? Like if someone like I showed my 22 year old coworker on my Instagram and I was like, if you looked at this, like, would you be able to figure out what I'm about? And she was like, no, and I was like, great. <laughs> thank you. She's like chaos. Like I mean, like, I, honestly, I, I mean, yeah. Maybe. I just I don't know. And I've been watching so much RuPaul's Drag Race, and RuPaul's always like, know who you are and deliver it at all times. And I'm like, I don't know who I am, and I don't deliver it. So okay, I'll work on both of those points. It's like right, like these. This is good advice. This is good advice. Where, who, how? And I think that's what it is. I think I do crumble around people that I'm like, oh, they know who they are. They deliver it. At all times. At all times. I never thought of that. Like, I, I don't know. I'm always, I think I find, like, I'm very polite. And I feel like that is, like, such a, like, um, I think it just gets in the way all the time for me and, like, my personality in real life. Because um, I'm like, no, I must be nice first. I must them make them feel good first. Like, the waitress, if I'm ever, like, on writing in cars with boys with Seinfeld, like, I'm being so nice to that waitress i'm tipping her 50 percent. you know like there's no way i'm not i'm like because i'm like please love me please like me rather than just being like this is who i am you know i need to be loved so hard by yeah, everyone maybe try being a little rude in 2024 enter yeah. your karen year Ooh, oh <laughs> i don't know i do get my hair cut shorter now too oh no maybe it's happening oh no time to there's, be aggro it's time to be aggro yeah We'll figure it out. I believe in us. We're both very funny. We're both very interesting. I think we got this. The we'll eye see. roll. <laughs> I'm going to tell my producer, I'm like, Aaron, I just want you to just do the eye roll. Uh, and that's what I'll put all over TikTok. <laughs> that will be the clip. That is just like a minute of that on a loop. <laughs> it was more of a like, oh. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> An overwhelming. Uh, will, are we? Will we? Yeah, we are. We will. We will. Sure. Um. This has been a great episode. Like, I always do love to ask, like, was there anything that we didn't talk about that you're like, I would like to talk about those? I mean, I think we covered a lot of bases. We covered a lot. I think we went, we went to the spaces. (laughs) I know I have to put a trigger warning on this episode. Just be like, Uh FYI, we talk about horse girls and sexual harassment. Um, (laughs) Some low key middle school stuff. Uh, (laughs) No big deal. No big deal. Um, No, this was great. Thank you so much for coming on again. Thanks for Um, having me. Yeah, this should be up. I feel like in the next like week or two. are there any shows coming up where people can come see you? Um, in a week or two, I mean, uh, I'll have to get back to you on that. But yes, there are. <laughs> Look at my Instagram, please. Oh my God, it's Kimberly DeNero. So. Yes, perfect. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, again, such a great time. You guys are a blast. So glad you're here every week that I post and... I'm going to say talk to you soon, but yeah, talk to you soon. Remember to follow Kimberly De Niro at Kimberly DeMiro, DeMiro, Kimberly De Niro on all the socials. And 
This is coming out, or we're recording when we're supposed to get a possible nor'easter uh, for New York City. We're right on the cusp. It's driving me fucking crazy because I want snow so bad. I bought snow pants, and by bought, I asked for them for Christmas. They are bright blue, and I want to wear them immediately. They're a little too tight, but I am one of those people that's a little too lazy to return. That is kind of who I am, and I'm learning to be okay with that. But I hope, you know, wherever you're at... Uh, you get some snow if you want it. You don't get snow if you don't want it, because that's how I want it to be for you guys. Again, see you guys soon uh, on our next episode, and we'll talk then. Bye, y'all.